gifts and so. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Timmy Gibson. Listen, I want to share just a clip uh, from Lex Friedman's podcast um, where he's talking to a divorce attorney named James Sexton, and he talks about uh, marriage and relationships. And he asked this one question, and, and his answer is just... Um, yeah, I just really resonated with it and wanted to share it with you all. And then I'm going to make some uh, comments about it. So let's let's jump over to Lex Friedman's podcast with divorce lawyer James Sexton. What is the most common reason that marriages fail? That's a great question, but it's a question that everybody wants there to be a simple answer. Like they want me to say cheating or money or, you know, the Internet. But, but the reality is, I think it's a lot of little things. It's dis disconnection. That would be my answer. The reason marriages fail is disconnection. What causes disconnection? That's the bigger and I think more important question. Because like Tom Wolf said about bankruptcy, it happens very slowly and then all at once. Disconnection happens very slowly and then all at once. So most of the time what I think people want is an answer like, cheating but cheating is the big all at once thing how did we get to the place where cheating was even something you were thinking about doing or that you would think about and then cross the line from thought into action and that's i think the the big question so disconnection would be do, my answer do you think it's possible to introspect like looking backwards for every individual case where the disconnection began and how it evolved sure yeah this is such a multivariate equation it's it's a it's a dance it's a chemistry it's a it's what did you do and what did the other person do and see that the interesting thing about being a divorce lawyer is i'm weaponizing intimacy in a courtroom so i'm 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 telling it's full contact storytelling what i do for a living so what i do is i take my client's story and i have to present it to a judge and make my client the hero in every way and the other side the villain in every way. Now I have to be careful not to do that in a manner that that loses credibility because even a judge would know, even a judge is smart enough to know that no one's all good or all bad. But only if you were reverse engineering a relationship and saying, how did this break? You really have to look at both people, the good and the bad, you know, what, what each of them did that moved the dial in these different directions. And I think that that's, um, that's very hard for anyone going through a divorce to do about their own relationship. You know, we don't know who discovered water, but it wasn't a fish. Like if you're in it, I don't think you see it clearly. I think as a divorce lawyer, whose job is to really drill down on the facts and figure out what's going on in this story. I have to look at both sides. So I have to think a lot about my own arguments, but I also have to think about what's the other lawyer's argument going to be, especially in custody cases. So I so interesting, right? I've said this on the podcast so many times, as well as Pammy and every time I've had anyone on to talk about marriage, this we we've talked about this. And that's the whole idea that it takes two. No matter what uh you think was the final straw that broke a marriage it's there's two people in a marriage and it requires two people giving a hundred percent um 
to to make it work. And and it and it doesn't work if one person's given a hundred percent and the other person isn't. But like he said, never in any case, or well, let me just say this. I'm sure that there's those rare cases where someone was, you know, abusive or just a total crazy, crazy person. That's possible. Um, but very unlikely. I would say 99% of every divorce, uh, there's, there's fault to go around for sure. Anyway, uh, the, the thing that he said that really just, I don't know, um, just made me want to listen to this podcast. I've listened to it and re-listened to some parts of it. Um, just so many great things. And in fact, if, if, if you, um, Listen to if you don't listen to Lex Fridman, I highly recommend it. Uh, but this is just a great, great, great podcast, and it's one of the more recent podcasts. Uh, it's number three ninety six um, with James Sexton on the Lex Friedman podcast. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to say a few things about that when it comes to so how I want to I want to talk about. This this short podcast today, I want to talk about how to if for those that are married, um, because I do a lot for those in the dating crowd, which is just critical, right? One of the key, one of the most important factors in never getting divorced is pick the right person. <laughs> And when I say the right person, I don't mean like your soulmate or the one that God said that you were, okay, that's all, whatever, that's fine and good. I don't care what you um, feel about the perspective on soulmates or if God picked that person for you, whatever. I, I can't even tell you how many people I know that, you know, God brought them together and then I guess the devil got them apart, but, you know, um, and if I'm honest, like you just rewind it. I think it goes back to the whole God said part. I don't think that's, that's accurate, but you just made a choice, right? You were so crazy about someone that it felt like something supernatural. And so you have chosen to believe it that way. So anyway, the reality is for those that are single, the best chance that you have of having a marriage that goes the distance, like till the death do us part. It really is a matter of compatibility, right? I've talked about that a lot. It's, it's compatibility. Are we compatible in life? And then all, there's a lot of other things in there, right? But there's also, you know, there's a lot of nuance in relationship. There's, you could be compatible at one stage of life and then not compatible in another stage of life. Now, let me, let me, let me clarify that. I don't want to scare anyone that's married or scare anyone that's dating someone. Um, but you know, I like to be real and realistic and honest. I, you have to be intentional in order to grow together. It's not something that just happens automatically. Again, going back to what I said about making sure you pick right, that's so critical because that gives you the best chance at really having a marriage that goes the distance, you know, a marriage that lasts till death do us part, right? The, the notebook story. I, I love that movie for so many reasons, 
but I, I really liked it because it gives you a picture of two great guys. And I can't, I'm his name. Is it Noah? I think it's Noah. Um, so there's Noah and then there was the other, and I, I think I'm getting that right. But anyway, there's Noah and then the other guy, both are attractive. Both are whatever. Both are good dudes. Okay. Both are good dudes and both of them would be good catches, right? But not for everyone. And so if you haven't seen the movie notebook, you got to watch it. Everybody's probably seen that movie, right? If you haven't seen that, you just like get a life, go see that movie. <laughs> or, you know, not go see it, rent it, whatever. Anyway, it, I just love the movie because it's so it's such, it's such a profound, if you, I've watched it over and over and over. I own the movie. It's such a profound example of, she could have run, stayed with the guy that she was with after she left Noah and moved with her family and met this great guy. She could have had a, probably had pretty decent life with that guy, but you know, I don't know this, but like that, it probably would have ended in divorce at some point because it wasn't Noah. It wasn't Noah. It wasn't the fit that, right. It's, I had someone say this to me the other day. They said, there's, there's a lot of pots and pans that have lids, but the right lid has to go with the right pan or something like that. When we were talking about marriage and I thought, wow, that's, that's so true. And it's not anything bad. You know, I, I used to look at divorce as just some terrible, you know, ugly scar of a thing that happens, you know, it's just terrible and it's just the unpardonable sin, you know, just don't ever get divorced. Well, I feel different about it now. And, and, and let me just say, I, I'm against divorce. I'm not in favor of divorce. I don't think couples should get divorced if, if, if they can reconcile, work it out, be happy, live heavily, happily ever after. And both can, you know, like if that can happen, work it out, stay together, work it out, do the hard work. You know what I'm saying? Like work it out though. There are times when it, it's not going to work out. And the best thing you can do for each other and for even the kids is to get divorced, but do it amicably do it as an adult do it as someone that loves your partner's role as a parent i realize that some people are actually shitty right some people don't live up to the their their roles they don't they don't step up to the plate they're they're i get it i get that i really do i you know i'm in the love business i've seen marriage I, plus you know i used to pastor a church back when I was religious. And so I, I saw, you know, I've seen it all. I've just, I've seen it all. I've experienced it all. And if there's one thing that I've come to understand as at the end of the day, be a fucking mature adult and handle things emotionally maturely. <laughs> it's like, like I said, 
I understand if someone, it, sometimes it can't be amicable because the other person won't allow it to be that way. I, I understand that. So I'm not criticizing those that maybe you're dealing with a, a crazy person or an, unst, um, an emotionally unstable person or whatever. I mean, I, I, I understand that there are situations like that, but if I, but honestly, what I've have noticed is that if one or both, if, and both is the best would just take a deep breath, right? Just take a deep breath and be kind, be generous, you know, just try to do things with the utmost of, of love in your heart and respect and all that stuff. I know, gosh, I, I you know, having been there, I know that it can be tough even in an amicable divorce. It can be tough because of the emotions are heightened, you know, the feel the feeling of of failure or betrayal or hurt or just all the emotions. I mean, divorce is the worst thing ever. That's why I'm doing this particular podcast to help those that are married to never get divorced. So let's get let's get on to let's get into that. Let's I don't want to talk about all that stuff anymore. Let's let's get into how can you protect your marriage from divorce? Going back to what he said, all those things, betrayal, money issues, cheating, all those things are an outward display of, of something else. There's something else going on. And he said it's disconnection. And I really, really find that compelling because when you get you look you look at the betrayal okay fine there was betrayal it sucks it's terrible it's just the worst but what led to that betrayal like what how did it get to the point that that happened i i later in the podcast he says this and it's it's so true and he said that he's never seen a couple that like a happily married wonderful couple where they've cheated like that just doesn't happen um outside of outside of non-monogamous type relationships with that i'm not talking about that i'm not i don't that's i know that's out there but that's not what my podcast is ever ever about uh i i talk about monogamous relationship monogamy one person with one person so disconnection well what what does one what does disconnection feel like well it feels like the person that you're with doesn't love you anymore or doesn't care for you it doesn't isn't putting you first there's this lack of love and adoration and how what does that mean i've said this for years i've said what you did to get them you got to do to keep them obviously there's an evolution in in relationships and what we liked years ago might change. And, and so you have to adjust and you got to grow together clearly. Duh. I understand that. But for the most part, what you did to get them, you got to do to keep them. Meaning if, you know, if you were super sexual in the beginning, well, then <laughs> that probably enticed her or enticed him. And so you should continue to be sexual. If you were romantic, 
in the beginning of the relationship, well, then you should remain romantic and, and continue to be romantic. If you wore uh, lingerie and outfits in the beginning, then that's something that you will need to do continually in the relationship, right? Like if, if you were complimentary in the beginning of the relationship, then you need to remain complimentary, right? It, it sometimes, you know, we, we switch from compliments to criticisms. You know, we, we go from, I'm complimenting my partner to now I'm getting to know them even more so. And now the things that were always there before the faults, now those are starting to be amplified. And so we switch from complimenting to criticisms and that's not good. And you know, if, if you were constantly doing the sweet little, I love you's and the notes and the, the cards and the random gifts in the beginning, then you've got to continue to do that. Now, maybe not at the same rate. I understand that when you're dating, you know, you're going out all every time, like every time you see each other, it's a date, right? It's so it's a little different. I, I understand that, you know, in the beginning, you're probably going on two, three dates a week. And so clearly once you're married to someone or, you know, spending, you know, you've been together for a while, well, you can't go out and spend money three times a week sometimes for the budget won't allow for that. Right. I, so I'm not saying what you did to get, did him, what you did to get him, you got to do to keep him. meaning everything has to be just crazy, you know, I get it in the beginning. We do everything we can to catch and capture someone's heart. But what I'm, what I'm trying to convey here is that there is this expectation that's just automatic, right? If, if I'm just going to talk very plain to you. Okay. If in the beginning, you know, you're giving quite a few blowjobs, for example, let's just, I'm going to pick on that for women, uh, you know, you're, you're given blowjobs at fun times or after a great dinner, you know, on the way home in the car, you're given a blowjob and all that. And then, you know, you get married and like blowjobs nearly stop. Okay. That's, and by the way, they talked about this on the Lex Friedman podcast. I don't think, you know, here goes Timmy getting all raunchy. No, it's not me getting raunchy. This is, they talked about this on the Lex Friedman podcast because it's real. Okay. It's what really goes on in marriages. And and I'll talk about the other one too. The other, what he talks about, what the guy stops doing, but you know, so it's like all the fun sexual stuff that happened in the beginning, it fades away and that whether it should or shouldn't, and whether it means this or not, usually how that's received is that there's a disconnect. There's a disconnection there. There's, there's you're disconnecting from what was what the relationship was like in the beginning. Now, again, I understand that when you've been with someone for a while, things do change, right? It's, it's like when you get that new car, you don't eat in the car, you don't touch the car. You don't, you know, you vacuum it every day and you're just doing all that. Well, you know, and then a couple of years later, you're, I see you driving down the road and you've got a McDonald's Big Mac. You're, shoving in your face while you're driving in the highway and you're eating fries. And, you know, so all of a sudden you're eating in your car. I understand that. Okay. I, I really do. I understand how life, when you're with someone, when you get with a partner, 
there does come a time where things settle. Okay. You can still be on your honeymoon ish, but it's not, you know, truly when you think about a honeymoon, I mean, you're making love five times a day. <laughs> you're just, you know, you get to the point where you have, you know, you got rashes from, from all the lovemaking and, and just every day is just all about each other and going out and seeing new things and all that. And I, so I understand that that can't be maintained unless you're retired uh, or you're a millionaire and you have that kind of time and money to just literally be living on a honeymoon full time. But for the rest of us, normal folk in the world who live normal lives, well, you can't, you can't maintain that, but there's a resemblance to that. You know, there's a resemblance to that. And uh, there should be, let me, let me rephrase that. There should be those things that, that happened in the beginning of the relationship or quasi like what we say, like on the honeymoon how you maintain a honeymoon is to stay connected. It's to stay, keep compliments rolling, keep being romantic, keep saying, I love you. Keep sending sweet texts, keep buying sweet little gifts, keep holding hands, keep right. Like keep doing all of those things. Keep having spontaneous sex, keep giving blowjobs. And anyway, on the Lex Friedman podcast, I thought it was really cool. He talked about, he called, you know, how do you say it? He doesn't buy me granola anymore. And then she doesn't give me blowjobs anymore. It was, I think the line in his, in his book, uh, that James Sexton's book. And I thought that was interesting. You know, it, it, and what, the, uh, by the way, the granola thing was that used to, she said, you know, when my husband would go to the grocery store, he would be like, oh, I know she loves different kinds of granola. And so he would always pick up some granola for her every time he would go to the grocery store. And then eventually that stopped where he didn't do that. And again, from his standpoint, from the husband's standpoint, he wasn't doing it out of spite and same with her. Like she wasn't not, she was, was not giving blowjobs, not because, or she stopped giving blowjobs, not because she was trying to be spiteful necessarily, right? It wasn't anything like that. It was just, there's this disconnect you begin to disconnect from really trying to do and think about what does my partner want? What does my partner like? What would be a blessing to my partner? Here's a way to think of it is when you're in a relationship, be intentional about loving your partner in the way that they want to be loved. That's just critically important for a marriage to last forever it requires both parties doing that maintaining that connection and making sure to here's where the here's the critical piece when at the first sight of the disconnection at the first glimmer of that disconnection it needs to be addressed it needs to be talked about. It needs to be something that is like, Hey, listen, we haven't gone on a date in a, in three months. I feel like all we're doing is just working and taking care of the kids. We're not taking any time for each other. Like someone's got to bring that up and address it 
and and say, hey, listen, we we have to make our relationship a priority. It's absolutely critically important in order to have a marriage that goes the distance and you know till death do us part it's being each and every day being intentional and making sure that at the first glimmer of disconnection i mean at the first even slight glimmer of disconnection you address it you you take a weekend trip with your partner and you you talk about it and here's here's the thing okay now this can go right it's easy for me to say this and a lot harder for people to do it in in a relationship for real okay because one some people are uh oh what's the word they're uh, they don't like to uh, fight you know they don't like to disrupt the boat you know they don't want to bring up anything they don't want to cause a fight you know they just want peace you know they're peacemakers well the 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 problem with that is they will hold on to or bury any kind of thing that they're not happy with right and let let me just it's easy to pick on sex because it's it's something that's just easy to pick on so you realize that you know every time all of a sudden you're realizing that sex is becoming it's fewer and fewer it's 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 happening less and less and neither person is really now getting to the point where they're instigating it or one feels like they're always the one instigating it and they start feeling like you know what I'm always the one instigating sex in fact if if I didn't instigate it I kind of feel like we might not ever have it that that right there tells me there's a there's a problem brewing and it needs to be addressed if one or the other in a relationship is feeling frustrated and trust me i've had women come to me and say they're frustrated with their sex lives that it's not frequent enough or not freaky enough or not whatever so i mean this this goes both ways it's not just guys that are frustrated with their sex lives. It, it seems like to me, many times guys are frustrated with the quantity and women would be more frustrated with the quality, meaning, you know, the, there's no foreplay, you know, I, whatever, right. Foreplay be, starts in the kitchen, you know, in the morning, like that's, that's such a true statement that, that foreplay is something that begins throughout the day with sweet texts, with little notes to each other, with all that stuff. That's, that's foreplay. Foreplay doesn't always mean, you know, first you do this, this, and this, and then you take the clothes off and then you touch this, touch this, twist that, bite this, do that, boom, boom, boom. And then that's foreplay. I mean, that is part of foreplay, but that doesn't, that doesn't, that that's not all that foreplay is. Foreplay literally can, can run for days. And, and can be run from a distance, right? If a partner's out of town on a business trip, there could be foreplay and, and sexting and a bunch of fun stuff that can be happening that just builds up the, the uh, expectation or the excitement of the event uh, when that person gets back home. But that, that's the kind of stuff that keeps a relationship connected. That's, that's what we want, right? We, in a marriage, we want to be connected, not disconnected. And let me just say, 
when it when it comes to betrayal, be, that's what's happening in a betrayal. Like in a in when someone cheats, and men and women both cheat. When someone's cheating, that's what's going on. Like that's what's happening. Is there's lots and lots and lots and lots of foreplay and sexting and and crazy meetups and wild sexual rendezvous and it's like why is that well because that's what's missing from the marriage so since that's missing from the marriage and again let me just say i abhor i do i think cheating is terrible it's terrible you shouldn't cheat don't cheat it's fucking ridiculous don't do it okay so i want to be clear i'm just talking i'm just being real here and talking about what leads to that and what can fuel that i'm not justifying it i don't think that it's right i don't think that even in a bad marriage someone should cheat you should never cheat if you're gonna if you think nope i'm just gonna cheat just get divorced uh, or I guess talk to your partner about being in an open marriage, whatever. I don't, you know, from my experience, from what I've seen and couples that I've worked with, that doesn't usually work uh, with, it doesn't usually work with people who aren't truly uh, polyamorous or, or like that. That's it, it would be similar to someone being doing gay things that, when they're heterosexual, if you're heterosexual, you can't do gay things because <laughs> you're heterosexual. Like I'm heterosexual. I, I just can't. There's like, now if, I guess if you're bisexual, then you can, but a, a heterosexual doing gay things usually doesn't, doesn't fly because why you're not gay. So trying to take a, a monogamous relationship and be open or polyamorous might not always work out if the person isn't really open like that. So, you know, there's no, no judgment on people that are in polyamorous relationships or open, whatever you call them. I don't even know. There's so many different names for that. Swingers, whatever uh, you do you, but it seems from again, my experience. Okay. This is my experience is limited. It's, I don't have all the experience. I only have a limited experience. My limited experience when it comes to couples who have been monogamous and got married under monogamous under a monogamous uh, um what's the word what am i trying to say not contract but anyway you know if they married and they were like hey we're going to be monogamous i'm with you you're with me and that's it changing that later it it doesn't seem to work from my experience, from the people that I've coached and from the people I've worked with, it, it doesn't work. I think like I referenced, you know, a, a heterosexual trying to do gay things I, 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 or homosexual things, whatever. I, if you're, if you're truly like a polyamorous type person, then you need to be with a, someone who also is a polyamorous person, <laughs> right? That's the only way that that's going to work and for them to be okay with, with doing that. Okay. Enough of that. I don't, I don't, that's not a, a, 
a lifestyle that I know enough about to talk about. It's not something that I, um, yeah, I don't have, I don't, I'm not an expert at all when it comes to polyamorous relationships at all, but I know it's a real thing. I know some people have it and, and I know that some people it works from, from what I've heard. I've, I've heard some people talk about, uh, being in a polyamorous relationship and, and it works for them. Um, but it seems to be very far and few between. Okay. So staying connected. Uh, that's everything that I just said, what you did to get them, you got to do to keep them is just, it's, it's, and, and what happens in a, in a marriage or in a relationship is it starts small, right? It's, it's not just the first time that you were really wanting a blowjob and you didn't get one that it's, you know, the, it, it, you don't really recognize it until you're like six months down the road and realizing, ah, wow. Okay. Something's changed. Something has happened now, especially when kids come into the picture, kids are a blessing, but they are also a real strain on a marriage. Nothing against kids. I have two. So <laughs> the best, they're the two of the most wonderful gifts ever, but children really, because all of a sudden as a couple, your focus just goes into the children and where couples make mistakes and where they get start getting disc when the seeds of disconnection is when both the parents and or even one of the parents is basically giving 100% of all of their energy to the kids and the partner is getting either nothing or scraps that just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Someone is going to be left wanting and left whatever. And, and so I, I really hope I'm, I'm getting through to you married couples because marriage is something. I, I believe that marriage is a sacred bond. It's a, it's something very, very special. Though many of you have probably gone through a divorce like myself and now as a guy that has gotten married again, um, it was even more critical to me and I had more of an understanding of, okay, this next time around, this is it. Like I I would rather be single my entire life and and happy than to be married and, and unhappy. And that was really to be just super frank about it. I had finally, it was weird. Actually, I, I had got to the point in my singleness. Yes. There were lonely nights. Yes. The, you know, juggling all the different dates and all this stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, married people always think single. Oh, if I could just be single again, woo, I'd be free to do. I mean, yeah, if you're in a bad marriage, I think singleness can look appealing, but let me just tell you right now, uh, single is not, it's not, it's not as appealing when you're in it, <laughs> when you're single, you long for connection. I think where couples go, have gone wrong or where people go wrong is they so bad 
want to be in a relationship that they ignore red flags. They, um, you know, look past some of the person's glaring faults and, you know, they, they, they all of a sudden kind of turn a blind eye and they look at the person with rose colored glasses, which on one hand, I think once, once you get married, if, if you're really with the person that you're compatible with and you're a good fit and there's chemistry, yeah, then, you know, when you get married, you each should put on rose colored glasses and really just, you know, turn into everything that you love about that person and just stay focused on that. And clearly, if there's some glaring fault like that needs to be addressed, you should address it. I'm not saying to ignore, you know, toxic behavior, uh, clearly, but it's, it's, it's just important that when you choose someone that you're choosing someone, not because you're desperate and don't want to be single. That's just the biggest fucking mistake you could ever make. You know, there are wrong reasons to get married. Right. We all know this. I think you could write it down. What are the wrong reasons you could get married? <laughs> like we all know because we had a kid together wrong. No, not a good reason to get married. Well, we've just been dating so long. We might as well. No, no, not a good reason to get married. She's great in bed or he's got a big, what? no, no, that's not going to do it. That's <laughs> right. The, there are there are bad reasons to get married. Bad reasons to get married. Don't get married for any of the bad reasons. It will not help you have a great relationship. Well, she's got money or he's got money or what? That's not going to help. It's not going to help. Well, okay, that might not be true. Maybe it'll help just a little, <laughs> you know, uh, but that, but that it's not going to make, it's not going to be the, the, the wonderful romantic relationship that you've always longed for. The key to having a lifelong, wonderful, magical marriage is like I've said over and over and over, it goes back to you being in a good place, you being healthy, you knowing what you want, knowing what you don't want, knowing what fits with you, knowing what works with you, what doesn't work with you, and making a good choice, right? Making a good choice. Then it's maintaining that marriage. Okay, you know, think about it. It's just, it's like anything else in life. If you want a nice lawn at your house, Okay, if you live in an apartment like me, and then other people take care of that. But you know what a lawn is. Everybody knows what a lawn. You've seen a lawn. <laughs> you've seen pretty lawns, and you've seen lawns that aren't pretty. What what makes a lawn look good? Care, caring for it. That that's it. How does a lawn look good when you care for it? When you weed it, when you feed it, when you fertilize it, when you mow it, when you pull the weeds, when you do this, when you do, you aerate it, you, it's all those things are what leads to a great lawn. Now, clearly you need good soil, good, um, seed or good grass, you know, that all those, those things, like, I think the, the grass and the soil could represent the couple, you know, but with 
the grass and the soil, even if the grass is great and the soil is great, if you don't do all the things that care for the soil, it'll eventually look like shit. And we all know that we've seen that if, if you don't, if you've never owned your own home, you've at least seen super wonderful manicured, like golf course looking lawns. And then you've seen lawns that you can tell they don't give a shit about their lawn. You don't want to have the kind of marriage that looks like you don't give a shit about your marriage, right? Like your marriage reflects the care you put into it. And when I say you, both of you, it, one person can't, one person can't do it. If you got great grasp, but you're not doing all the stuff, I don't care. All it's going to fucking go to shit. It just is there, there you, it's just going to go to shit. You there's it. That's the natural trajectory. When you don't care for it, it's going to go to shit. It's the same thing in a marriage. If you're not attentive, if you're not doing things, being intentional with staying connected. And let me, let me say this though. It shouldn't be like hard labor. It shouldn't be like, ah, uh, it's so hard. <laughs> Marriage shouldn't be that way. In fact, if you, if you pick the right person, you just being your best self and them just being their best self makes for a great relationship, right? Like taking care of a lawn, honestly, it's really not that hard. It really isn't right. And plus you can just pay someone to do it, but it's not all that hard. It's just a few basic things, right? Mow it every week, make sure you weed it and feed it and pick some weeds from here, whatever. And then, you know, every year do the aeration. Like it's, it's pretty simple to do, but it's also simple not to do right. Isn't that weird how that is? It's like uh, taking care of a lawn. It's, it's actually pretty easy to do. It doesn't work unless you have a huge fucking lawn, but you know, most houses, right. Most everyone probably listens to this podcast. You got a moderately sized lawn that you can probably get down done within a few, few hours. Let's just say if it's a fairly big lawn, you're, you're talking about a few hours of work per week, like literally two to three hours of work a week is all that it takes to really have a great looking lawn. Okay. And it's also not that expensive, you know, just you treat it in the fall, you treat it the da da da, you treat it in the spring. Like there's certain treatments. In, in fact, you just go to home Depot, you just walk up and say, what do I do now? And you know, it's like, they make it just so easy. Here's the bag you buy. Here's the bag you put on at this time. And here's when you put it on. I mean, it's, and then you water it and then you do whatever. So it's not super complicated. Okay. It's not like brain surgery. It's not super complicated, but it's also, like I said, it's also easy to skip and not do it. Right. It's easy to get lazy. Same thing in a marriage. It's easy to get lazy in a marriage where you stop thinking about what your partner would like, what would bless your partner, what would make your partner just smile, what would bring your partner joy, what, right? But like I said, marriage shouldn't be a drudgery. I, 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 here's what I think about that. When people say, oh, marriage is so hard. Well, 
if you've got, I keep using this grass and soil analogy, sorry, but it's something I think everybody can relate to. If you got some issue with the soil, right? There's, there's like, I had a, when I owned a house one time, I was mowing the lawn. There was this one patch of grass that just looked like shit all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? Finally, I like kind of dug it around a little bit and there was a bunch of shit in there. <laughs> I found like a little two by four, like a piece of a two by four, uh, a couple cans you know, that were, they just fucking laid the, the sod right over wood pieces and cans and shit from when they built the house. And, you know, so <laughs> clearly I had to dig that out and get that out and redo it and all that stuff. You know, I finally got it all fixed, you know, but yeah, it took some work. So, Anyway, back to marriage and how that relates. In a marriage, things can come up that we can't plan, that we don't, we're not planning on, planning for, or even what did plan for, you know, kids, they throw a curveball. you know, now you're tired, you're not getting sleep and you're not eating right now. You're not in the gym anymore because you're taking care of a baby. It can be a challenge and it can throw a real curveball into the relationship because before you just focused on each other. Now your time's divided, right? So, but again, uh, kids are a blessing. Nothing wrong with kids. I'm just saying you have to, you have to count the costs. Like are it, that's why I always tell people, listen, like be married for a bit, like be married for three, four, five years before you go having kids because you know kids are going to change the relationship. They just do. It's just, it'll change the relationship. And it puts a real strain on the relationship. But going back to this thing, when I, I when I was saying that relationships shouldn't be difficult or shouldn't be like a drudgery, I think that personally, either a there's something wrong with the you know there's something wrong with one of the partners, there's some sickness, disease, some mental thing, some exterior, some external thing that you know they lost their job, now they're depressed. Like there's something going on. Okay, there that could be part of it, or they, you're not, you married someone you're really not that compatible with, you know, you were hot in the pants for them. You thought you loved them, but it just was a fast flash fizzle. And I, I have a friend that did that. He, he, uh, jumped into quick into a relationship and, and got married super quick. And then it fizzled super quick. Um, and you know, I, I, I think from what he's, just, you know, told me is, you know, he didn't really, he was just blinded by love. And what I mean by that is, you know, I just love this person. Yeah. But you're not compatible with them. Right. So, you know, again, I keep flopping back into like those that would be single, you know, if you're single, that's why don't, don't ever settle. And, <laughs> Um, how do I say this? You know, I'm always, every time I say something, I, I, I have lots of like, I have literally tons of thoughts going on in my head as I'm saying these thoughts, right? I'm, I have thoughts and I'm speaking this right now, but I'm also, I have other thoughts at the same time rolling around in my head. And when I say, Hey, you know, you, you love blinds you. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, don't, don't settle. I said, don't settle. 
And then the, the next thought that popped into my head was people have such high, their, their expectations are to Mars. Well, no one's going to measure up, right? You, you're, <laughs> so when I say don't settle, what I mean by that is, but you need to still be realistic. And I know people, I've, you know, I'm, I coached someone that was close to my age, never been married, but wants to be. And they were like, well, I'm just not going to settle. And I'm thinking, motherfucker, like, that's not your fucking problem. You're, you're, you're no person on planet earth could meet your expectations. So clearly you need to settle your shit, like settle, settle down there. Like you're not a fucking Brad Pitt here, like settle down and be realistic. But when I say settle, you shouldn't be miserable, but think this is the only girl that liked me, or this is the only guy that liked me. I guess this is just it. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, no, it'd be better to be single than to get into that kind of scenario. But when you get into a good relationship or when you are in a, in a relationship and it's like, wow, you know what? We're compatible. We fit together. No relationship is perfect, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There are no perfect people on this planet. It just, that per that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Even the people that we see on TV that look perfect to it. Like I said, Brad Pitt, right? Brad Pitt to women, I'm sure looks perfect. Or, um, I don't even know, you know, Jennifer Aniston or Blake Lively, right? Oh my gosh, they're so perfect. No, they take shits. They fucking get sick. They vomit. They do all the same things that we do. They're not perfect. They have inconsistency. They have flaws just like everyone else. Every, but no perfect people live on this planet. Now, with that said, there are some people that are more mature, uh, a better fit for you. Indeed, for sure. That's so here's what it's about. It's about finding a good fit for you. Okay. It does. Who gives a flying flip? What anyone else, if, if anyone else is a fit with them, it, do you fit with them? Do you, are you compatible with them? That's the most important. So, you know, I think in the culture of this fast dating, all the crap, you know, you're on a date and you go to the bathroom and you're still swiping to look for the next, like, that's just fucking ridiculous. I, you know, I've changed. I've, when I was single, I did, I went on lots of dates, lots of dates. But then if I found someone that I thought, okay, you know, this, this person has potential. I want to really focus on them. I think that's, I think that's an important thing to do. But if you're just, you got to know if you're ready for a relationship too. I mean, if you're not ready, maybe you're just in the dating around phase but when you land on someone that's a good fit, that's when, that's when it all begins. Okay. So, okay. I'm all over the place, but we're, we're talking about marriage, how to have a marriage go the distance till death do us part. Stay connected. The little things matter. What you did in the beginning, you got to do throughout the relationship as well as evolve with the relationship. This is your person. You can't be with someone wishing you were with someone else. That doesn't fucking work either. You know, if you're dreaming of being with someone else, 
like you need to get yourselves into counseling. You got to seriously, you got to get yourself into counseling. If, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking about uh, being with someone else or you're engaged in, in an affair or something like that, listen, stop that shit. It's just going to fuck. It's going to fucking blow up in your face. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to make you happy. It's going to, it's just not a good thing. Go to counseling, work on it. If it can work out and if you can stay together and rebuild and all that, then great. Do it. If you can't divorce amicably and be emotionally mature, be mature, do what's right and best for the kids. Okay. All that. But if you're married right now, what can you do for your spouse today or tonight or this weekend? What, what can you do to just give them a little show of just how much you love them and how much you adore them? That's something that really almost should be on your, on your mind daily, every day, like getting up early, making breakfast for your partner, making up, packing them a lunch, waking them up with a blow job, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever it is, go to the grocery store, pick up some item they like, or, you know, like buy them a little piece of jewelry or buy them a new outfit or give them a whatever. I don't, you know, whatever, everybody has different, um, different love languages, you know, write them a, a poem, write them a love letter, take them on a great date, like something. And, and again, you don't have to do that. Like it doesn't have to be big stuff every day, right? You can't afford to buy jewelry every day or buy, you know, go out and do a hundred dollar dinner every weekend. I mean, I, I get it, but it's the thought that counts, right? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's the littlest thing. Sometimes it can just be like leaving a note in, in, in their suitcase, if they're going on a business trip, like, and a pair of paintings, like it's something so simple that can make such a huge difference. Small little text, just letting them know I'm thinking about you. That stuff matters, man. It, the little things matter in a marriage. It's those little bitty things. I, I tell couples this all the time, you know, when I'm doing the pre-marriage counseling, I say, listen, what you guys have been doing up until this point has brought you to me to officiate your wedding. Like all the things that you guys have done over the however many years you've been dating have brought you to come to my office to hire me to officiate your marriage union. All that stuff that you've done over the last year, two years, three years, whatever, that's the stuff that you need to continue to do for the rest of your lives. It's that simple. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Be cool. Love your partner. Later. <laughs>